Welcome to Women Unfiltered, a podcast empowering women to step into their authentic selves every damn day. I'm Lynn Calloway, an entrepreneur, wife, mother, and a woman in tech. And I'm Brie Griebel, a rescue mom, health and wellness enthusiast, musician, and also a woman in tech. Join us on this journey as we navigate our friendship, identity, and differences and challenge you to do the same. Welcome back to another episode of Women Unfiltered. We are starting, I'm very excited for this series, a small business series where we'll feature different small businesses, all different types of businesses, and their stories of kind of becoming a startup and what that, you know, the, what are the challenges there, um, how they came to be, and Maybe in the future, we'll ask the audience some questions, but obviously, if you guys listen to this this episode and you have questions, don't hesitate to, to comment on the post and ask some more questions. Our very own, very own co-host of the podcast, Lynn Calloway, is going to be addressing those questions if it's specific to you know her startup experience but we're featuring your business on Yay. on this episode today so ollie and otto i love the products you you've just done an amazing job and i again i don't know how you do this with working a full-time job and being a mom and a wife but like it clearly is something that's very passionate to you, something that you care about and would love to have you kind of tell more of that story. But I know at least on your About Us page that you created Alienado based on the idea that personal care essentials can be simply made effective and impactful. And Alienado creates products that are safe for the entire family. Yep. And if you want to dive in a little bit more into those details, like how, like when when yeah. did Alienado start and 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 why? Um, for sure, for sure. So let's let's go back. Let's do some history on ONO. So yes, ONO started out really as a hobby, uh, and so like I was I was making my own deodorant and body oils and things like that just because I was having such a bad reaction. Uh, as you can tell now, I'm like stuffy because I have horrible allergies. So I'm just so sensitive to the smallest, the smallest things. So early on, I was having kind of a uh, inflammation response to skincare products and specifically deodorant where I would get just really irritated under my arms. I would have like a lot of swelling to the point where I couldn't wear deodorant for a little bit. I know that sounds, hmm, okay. You're probably walking around being very stinky, but like I was just using like very natural stuff, lemon and stuff like that to really just help with, I mean, obviously took showers so <laughs> um, <laughs> definitely Wait, what's the timing around this place us like where in your life are you in college or after uh, wow this was in college yeah definitely in college okay and with me my college experience was kind of delayed because i took some time off but i would say around 20 14-ish is yeah. really when I I started to go full-fledged in, in terms of making the products for myself. So deodorant was kind of that flagship thing that I was really, really into trying to develop as far as not being something that really would cause uh, irritation to my skin. You were married to your husband at 
this that time. time. Oh yeah, for sure, for okay. sure. You just didn't have Kohan, your son. No, right? no, okay. no. Kohan was not. Yeah, yeah. He used. would be much older if you did. <laughs> for sure. Uh, so, so that came out of a, kind of a, a necessity, and so Mario started to use it, and he's like the most burliest, you know, look mid. So I don't want to like paint all mid with kind of a broad brush of like all being like stinky. Yeah. But look, men, when they're stinky, they're stinky. Way more stinky than, <laughs> than a woman. And so, like, I'm like, look, if this works for him, then, I, look, I, I got something. And it did. Were you re- also researching other brands, yeah. trying to see if there was a product out there that would help you? or? Yeah, I was doing it in a sense at this point, still from a consumer perspective, right? What brands are out there that I could use for just, like, my everyday use? I wasn't thinking, like, okay, this could really be a business. It yeah. just wasn't. Could you just not find anything that was working for you? And so you were just, I'll just, you know, try my own because and start from very simple ingredients. So I, I went through kind of a, I went through a, a few different brands. Meow Meow Tweet was one of the, the brands that I used a lot at the time because of their stance on uh, uh, non-toxic chemicals, vegan products, things like that. And then a few other brands, not to, to name drop because- not what we're here for, <laughs> but uh, I, I I had to do my own research as far as that goes. Now, what I would say is with some of the natural deodorants, a huge issue that I experienced and many other customers have experienced is what they call the burn. So if you know, if you've gone from traditional deodorants and then you, you start to use natural deodorants, some people were experiencing skin irritation, but it wasn't really for the same reasons. It was around more of kind of a pH issue. And you typically feel what they call the burn when the pH is is not where it needs to be. That's really what's going on. I have experienced the burn. Are you talking about like when you have razor burn or something too, or you just freshly shaved and... Oh, you put deodorant on and it literally burns. It can be that or just oh. like, or, or just everyday use. I mean, a lot of yeah, products that irritation. have, yeah, a lot of products, that, a lot of deodorants that typically have sodium um, bicarbonate in it or really just baking soda, really, they, it, it, it typically has kind of that burning effect, but some, okay. some brands use all other types of ingredients that still have that same effect, but natural deodorants kind of get that the bad rap that they're going to cause some type of burning sensation. Oh, see, I experienced that with the traditional deodorants, the stink, like a stinging, but maybe that was more razor burn and it was the harshness of the deodorant. Yeah, it could be. It could just be the yeah. chemicals that they're using, but I, I can really only speak from the natural deodorant mm-hmm. market on that one is that it's, it's typically a pH issue. And so that I knew, I knew from the beginning that I wanted to address that because I was experiencing that. So I'm like, okay, I'm not going to go from toxic deodorant that is causing all other types of issues with my lymph nodes being inflamed and all other things to like now using a natural deodorant and my skin is burning. So I wanted to address that out the door. So I knew certain ingredients that I wasn't going to use. So I just ruled those out and I was able to, to create a formula leaning on, you know, kind of, kind of that, that chemistry background that 
I oh yeah acquired that's right. <laughs> yeah leaning mm-hmm. on that and 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 some other um, skill sets that I I leaned on and I was able to come up with the formula that I had and so starting out it was really just about me using it, it personally in my own household and my husband using it and then I had some family members that were like hey we want to try it and uh, so I shipped some products I, at that time I wasn't really even charging like I may have been like, hey, five bucks or something like that. But most cases I wasn't even charging like for it. And everyone was like, oh, this is working. Like my dad was using it. He's like, this is like the best. And I was like, oh, okay. And so when the the interest really started to grow, I found myself making it a lot. And like spending a lot of my time with it. And I'm like, how oh, I really And money could. if you were exactly <laughs> Exactly. So I was like, okay, well, maybe this could kind of be like a small business sort of thing. And so um I would say like the end of 2017, I I, I invested in the branding, the name, all that stuff, and really like launched it as like a, a business. Still doing it, you know, part time. Uh now I'm I still have, you know, my day job. That's just the story of being a a small business owner, especially uh, a woman of color where funding and things like that aren't necessarily at our fingertips where we can make that that huge leap and jump to like, you know, cover expenses and then payroll and things like that. So at this point, I've still had to kind of keep that going. However, Ali and Auto is full time for me. So I, I like to say I have two full time jobs. And then another one on top of that. Being yeah. Yeah. Mom. And now, <laughs> and exactly. there you go. There you go. Because that is definitely a job. Yeah. So, yeah, that was kind of the beginning of launching it. So, I know there's a little bit of history too with the names. Um, and that is on your website, but Ali was your great-grandfather yeah my my grandmother's brother oh and then, brother, i'm sorry otto was my grandmother's brother and ollie was her father there okay. you go yeah okay awesome yeah. i love that and i love that the story is on your site i know that's something that we talked about two months ago when we were first kind of ideating the podcast was i don't think at that time you had this story on your site but i i loved it i just i love the history of it and that that's what too inspired you because was it Ollie made um he was like a craftsman yeah 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 so yeah. he was he was a really a jack of all trades and it's funny because my my mother my grandmother always says that my dad is just like him because my my father can just see something and just build it or put it together or oh my gosh whatever it is and I like to to believe that I, I kind of have a lot of that in me as well um mm-hmm. even just concocting my formulas just really knowing what I wanted and and being able to formulate that from scratch so I really wanted to to lean in on that and also I wanted to lean in on that period right like when he when he was coming up as a young man and then even my grandmother they didn't have a whole lot um Mm -hmm. it's it's so funny because I asked my grandmother I was like what did you all use to brush your teeth like was it just toothpaste or and she was like well a lot of times we really didn't have money to buy it so we would actually use charcoal from the fire pit to brush our teeth now you see all those charcoal products exactly (laughs) and now charcoal's in like every product nowadays like less was really more back then you know and they did the best that they could and they were able to do just fine um and a a lot of that history a lot of that tincturing around with herbs and and just different from the from the items yeah exactly botanicals and things like that what they had around at their at their fingertips they were able to come up with all kinds of things they also i don't think had as many chemicals just out in the world that were formed 
to be able to put like other products together. So it was like you had For more sure. basic ingredients anyways. For sure. Now, obviously, there were some blunders, I believe, like the introduction of lye and things like that, that women end up putting on their hair. Like, obviously, that's just... something but for all intents and purposes it wasn't a lot of fluff and just things that we don't need right like we've kind of gone completely away from that when it comes to Mm -hmm. product development and i knew i wanted to lean in on that uh and so obviously that comes out in the name that comes out in the branding and it really comes out in the in the products itself yes i love it so you didn't grow up thinking you wanted to be an entrepreneur because i know some people have stories where they're like yeah as a newborn i was basically selling candy to my friends and like um did you have any stories like that were you in school did you kind of Uh, have little side hustles look i've always i've been working since i was what 15 so I started working really early uh, yeah, as far as making my own money. Mm-hmm. So there's that part of it, just always wanting to not have to ask anyone for anything and, and, and wanting to make my own way. And then the other part of my upbringing and just like even in grade school, I've always found myself in leadership roles. I mean, we've talked a few times on previous episodes about being senior class president, yep. things like that, but very involved in school early on. And so I think those experiences really kind of mold me into wanting to be a leader of my own company. So to answer your question in a nutshell, it wasn't it wasn't like, oh, I'm going to be an entrepreneur when I grow up. I mm-hmm. really, because to be honest, there weren't very many entrepreneurs in my family. Yeah. There was one, my, my great aunt, who is a boss. She started her own hair salon and seamstress company very early on like when black women were not typically in those roles and she's i think i even talked about when my family moved from ogrethorpe she was kind of spearheading that move from a very poor area to essentially going to kind of a city life and, and making something of herself so even my whole family relocating to athens was a catalyst for her Uh, from her. So she was a huge example early on, but still it wasn't a situation where I was like, I'm going to be an entrepreneur. But Mm -hmm. again, those skill sets were kind of developing, right? Yeah. Early on. What have been some of the biggest challenges in starting maybe early on or, you know, once things got launched, what had... I guess have been I think the biggest has been the financial stuff the the raising capital and knowing who are the movers and the shakers and knowing you know really how to leverage relationships as far as raising money for my business I mean it's still it's still a huge problem yeah as as far as that goes or challenge you know developing products I can do that in my sleep Mm -hmm. Uh, I really can in terms of knowing what products are best for our collections and growing it and, and that realm and to be honest there's no real magic i guess there is a magic to it in terms of the formulation i'm not gonna discredit it on that realm of it but i will say that there it it really isn't a rocket science when it comes to that because i'm always making products that i will use yeah right and that are that are good for me and good for my family right it start i'm like the guinea pig starting out right like if it has to pass that test like is this something that i would use is it something Mm -hmm. that my family could benefit on and then it goes from there so that's really kind of the magic in terms of how i i go from there but as far as paying for all these things is always you know 
know, we've been self-funded. Like every dime that has come through O&O has been from sales and it has been from my own pocket you know, Mm -hmm. from the branding, which we, I I invested a lot in the branding early on. And I'm glad that I did that. It's so beautiful. Yeah. And I would tell anyone that, you know, who's trying to start their own company and you're serious about it. And it's it's something that you know, that you're gonna, you're gonna stick with, take the time and the money and find, you know, someone to really do a really, really good job on your branding. Because for me, because I invested that money early on, I haven't had to change it all that much. Yeah. Shout out to the woman that did it all, Make It Matter, Trina Bentley. She actually is out of Austin, which is so funny because- You weren't in Austin. We weren't even in Austin. Yep, 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 yep. Have you met her since- I, no, I haven't. Yeah. I know she's done a lot of big names branding for a lot of big companies. I believe she did uh, Epic. She did the Seaweed Company, I believe is the name. Oh, Seaweed Bathco. Yeah. 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 She's yeah. done a lot of big brands and I loved her stuff when I was looking at who I wanted to do the branding. And I knew I wanted something that could stand the test of time and that it wasn't a trend. You could see yeah. it on the shelf five years from now, 10 years from now, 15 years from now. You When you see that that symbol, you see our two owls, you, you know that's us. Oh, she's done Thunderbird. Yeah. Sorry, I'm like looking at her. She's done Noka. I can totally tell her style too. Now that I'm seeing all these different brands, oh my gosh, she's got a she's got a, a style, but I love Yeah, she's badass. Yeah. Oprah. What? Book cover design. Yeah, and I think book she's design. done some stuff for Oprah. Yep. That's amazing. Okay. Anyways, I digress. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I, I I found her and and she was one of the first folks that understood the vision and and knew what I was trying to do. And so, yeah. So I would say definitely make that investment early on. Was it a large chunk of change to invest? I mean, like, are we talking a few hundred just to do a logo? A few thousand. thousand. And that was like logo and... Yeah, she did the specs on it. She did the colorway, which we started out with like this this yellow and like the brown and like a tan. We've kind of pulled back from with the yellow a little bit. Now we're we're using uh kind of a... We're still using the tan, the brown, and kind of like this uh, orange color that we've kind of incorporated. But again, like most of the branding is still there other than us no longer using the, the yellow. It was worth it. It's yeah. my point. definitely Definitely. no it's beautiful and every time i share it people they love that the owl so where did the owl then come from well owls are like i don't know they're they're for one i'm like obsessed with them Uh, but i think they really (laughs) stand for a lot right like wisdom and knowledge right Mm -hmm. and i wanted something that symbolized the simple fact that we wanted to be a leader in the space of promoting non-toxic ingredients, like ingredients that are, are are made from botanicals that are made, you know, without the parabens and all these harmful chemicals that now research is showing us is really causing a major issue when it comes to our health yeah. and the and the health of our planet. And we wanted to to be knowledgeable that, and we wanted to be, kind of just be a beacon of hope. And I kind of felt like the the owl symbolized that, and then to me, they kind of also symbolize the the name Ali and Otto and both individuals that I was naming the company as and it was just kind of a whole weird 
creativity kind of perspective in my brain where I was trying to draw the two together, which I think I, we've done a good job with. But yeah, that's really where it came from. I love it. I think it it just, it's clean. And I know you like the less is more approach too. And that's something too with our branding that you've always been a fan of. And I have such a busy like mind that usually when I'm trying to brand something, it just gets so cluttered. But I, I completely agree. The less is more is always, always a good way to go. But to dive into some deeper questions, kind of just about startups. Oh, and oh, you registered as an LLC, right? Yep. And how did you decide to do that? Did you know what you were doing? Was that something that Mario weighed in on or you guys researched the different options and to be honest early on like it was just really research uh you know we didn't have a business advisor or financial person that was like hey you should definitely do this way and because of that we've we've had to we've paid for it so I would definitely say lean on those resources like you know SCORE and SBA in your local area that they do have those resources available. And it wasn't that we weren't really using it. It was just that we were just kind of moving fast in terms of just, because we were selling things by that time. It was like, oh shit, we need to be legitimate because, you know, if something, God forbid, happens, we don't want people to come, you know, if you sue to like just really- So there's no personal liability when you are- LLC. Yeah. And then S Corp or Corporation just didn't make sense just because of. Yeah. Yeah. So. It's more expensive to file as a a C Corp. For sure. So that was really the, the thought behind it. And then I was looking at other competitors and other companies in terms of the formation of their business. And they were also an LLC as well. And so I was like, okay, so that's the route we're going to go. And so, yeah, we early on the very first time, and I'll tell you why I say the very first time, but the first LLC that we did, we used LegalZoom. So they, you know, there's companies out there that offer that service for you where they'll just file it for you. But because we had relocated to the now, this was New Jersey. Because we had relocated to the state of New York, we needed to establish an LLC there. And that's important to know because wherever you have what they call a nexus, which is essentially like a presence in that state, you have to, or at least you should legally, have your business f- formation in that state oh. for sales tax reasons and other things. So now in Texas, we've dissolved the previous state's LLCs because we don't have a nexus there. We're not there anymore. But in the state of Texas, since we relocated here, we've had to create the LLC here. And we've been able to obviously do that ourselves just because now we know how to do it. (laughs) And it has saved us money um, to be able to do those things in-house. Okay. I gotcha. So you've had to pay, uh, like you pay a chunk of money each time. Well, in the previous times that you did it, this time you're paying to file it, obviously, but- uh, you don't have to pay the extra fee for the legal help with it. Yep. Okay. Yep. Just, I got you. Yep, yep. So yeah, LLC is, is, and then you also can, in terms of filing for what you call it, what they call an EIN number through the IRS, mm-hmm. um, there's a selection now. It didn't used to be uh, years ago where you can select multi-member LLC versus sole proprietorship LLC. Yeah. Or single member, I should say, LLC, because that is different from a sole proprietorship. But they didn't used to have that. So it's great that they've updated that now because it allows people who only have one member to select single member versus multiple members, which is important when it comes time for you to do your taxes. Oh my gosh. That seems like one of the challenges too, just all that complex, I guess, some of the legal 
structure behind starting a business and then taxes, but it's like you kind of align with the experts in those fields and they can, you'll learn as you go. For sure. For sure. But I can understand what small businesses, they're bootstrapping a lot of, of these expenses and a lot of these things, um, because if you can figure it out yourself, then why pay someone else to do it? Right. Every dollar counts. For sure. But there are certain elements to the business that I I would recommend people not do themselves. Branding obviously is one, unless you're unless you're a graphic designer, you can do it yourself. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would definitely invest in that. And then like the financial stuff and the taxes and stuff, I would definitely hire someone for that. Yeah. A CPA yeah. or, yeah. Yeah. And then obviously like Mario, you are a co-founder and it seems like you're more of kind of a face of the company or like maybe it's just from our work together that I see you doing a lot of the work and so I don't get to see what Mario does but how do you guys split yeah the work or does he focus yeah on certain things that you don't that's a good question yeah I'm the CEO I'm the boss yeah when it comes to running that the the day-to-day operation of of ONO. Mario is a co-founder. He was, you know, on early on in terms of developing the business itself. So we definitely want to give him credit on that. In terms of his day-to-day support, Mario really helps with the operations, right? Like yeah. logistics. Um, and a lot of times, even with making the product development end of it, he's been very vocal with that because of his environmental background. Yeah. You know, being someone that, you know, he, he received his undergrad degree in what they call environmental and ecological anthropology. And then he went on to the University of Michigan where he was uh, a graduate student in their SNRE program for environmental policy. So he's, before it became kind of a thing and a, a topic in terms of climate change and all these things, he was, I like like I said in our, our bio, I like to call him the OG environmentalist because at such a young age, he's, he's always been raising a, a stink about the way that businesses are doing business in terms of plastic use and things like that and just the chemicals that we use and yeah so. i mean you i know y'all live this because you have an electric vehicle and you also have like chickens <laughs> in your backyard and in there are it's not like you're just doing this for a trend you're doing it because it's important to you and i think that i can get behind brands that they're living and breathing it versus yeah, for sure. Maybe a company or founder that's just starting because they want to make money off of a trend. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we've yeah. been doing this from the beginning, even before Ali and Otto. I mean, like we we did a lot of work in the community as far as, you know, the local farm movement, you know, re- really bringing awareness to food deserts and things like things like that with our nonprofit being uh, back in Syracuse. Uh, Mario actually used to canvas with Nyperg, uh, where he would go door to door to bring awareness about the ACES bill, which was really the beginning conversation on carbon emission and, and how they were going to deal with that. So wow. um, we've been doing this since we were in our early 20s, That's 19, amazing. 20 years old, really being a part yeah. of that movement. So I think those are the brands to me coming from a CPG background in my last two roles ago. I can tell when a brand is being very authentic and when it's not. And the founders play such a vital role in that story, in the brand itself. And having people, I think that's how people connect, is feeling like it is truly authentic. For sure. And if it's not, I don't 
think that brands tend to survive, at least in the CPG space, because how do you make that connection if the founder is not living their story that they're marketing? Yeah, yeah, for sure. And and that is one thing that I just think is so important if people are looking to start small businesses. Don't just do it because it's a trend. Do it because it means something to you and you're going to do it regardless of somebody buying into the product or not because it's just who you are you live and breathe that and it's important and yeah and if they're like if people love it and hop on (laughs) to the cause and support it that's great and that's what and that's what's really gonna see you through those dark times and i mean there's been so many times where it's like i've never had the the thought of quitting but there there have been some times where it's like okay are other people getting it are, are they understanding like is this is this sustainable for us to to stay in business from that perspective mm-hmm. you're definitely starting to see a, a change in the conversation even when it comes to packaging right i mean you're you're having some of your bigger brands now offering deodorant and paper tubes you know yeah texted you about that the other day <laughs> <laughs> exactly so like these were you know conversations that we've been having for quite some time and it's great look i i feel like there's room for everyone everyone to do good business in terms of the ingredients and the packaging so i don't think we can have enough businesses yeah having that as a part of their focus Uh, but you're gonna come you're gonna have some dark times and you know if you're not in it for the right reason you you know it's 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 gonna be hard it's gonna be a challenge to kind of stick with it so i i definitely agree with you on that for sure any tips for listeners wanting to start a business that you would share um just an advice or what are some of the yeah we'll start there yeah tips for starting a business well that was the that's a huge one just making yeah. sure that you're, you're rooted in the cause and the purpose of, of what it is that you're trying to do which goes back to you know really diving into what what is the problem that you're trying to solve in most cases all businesses that have started or or trying to solve a problem right because if you know what the problem is it allows you to really kind of hash out the solution right if you don't know what you're solving for how i mean i don't really understand the thought process in terms of creating a, a, a a product or a service around it right maybe it's like a reverse where you didn't realize you were doing something in your everyday that you realize can actually solve a bigger problem. Yeah, yeah. And then it, like, so at least there's some sort of connection there. Yeah, but... for sure, for sure. But at the end, end of the day, it's, it's about solving, you yeah. know, whatever problem it is. Um, and then understanding the community and the audience and what you're trying to serve, right? Like, is it a group of millennial women that you want to target? Is it, uh, it's, for us, it was the entire family. I knew that's, I knew for one, that's what we wanted to do because it was kind of a personal thing. And for two, it, not many brands have that approach. It's typically, yeah, you know, organic ingredients, but it's specifically for the woman or mm-hmm. it's specifically for the man or it's just a baby product company. And I knew I wanted to address the entire home, right? Mm-hmm. From the mom, from the, you know, to the dad, to the to the baby. Um, because like, it makes no sense that I'm using organic products. And then I go and I shop for my products for personal care products for my, my son or my husband. And maybe those products are from a company that doesn't Mm-hmm. care about the things that of the company that I'm purchasing my products from. So I, I knew I wanted to provide a one-stop shop for the entire fam. Um, yeah. And so 
in terms of our collection and, and where we're headed and growing in those those areas, I think is is gonna be one that is not tied to any sex, any you know group of people per se. Is 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 really an inclusive brand for everyone. But um, yeah, definitely understand your audience, and those are kind of the main two things: is knowing what you're solving for and and knowing who you're solving it for. Yeah, and then the rest rest comes in in time through trial and error. <laughs> for sure, for sure. Awesome. Well, thank you for sharing all of this information with the audience. I know I'm sure that people will continue to have questions. So, like I said, y'all can reach out to us either on our our email, um, which is hello at womenunfiltered.wtf, or obviously on our our social media instagram is the biggest one that we'll kind of interact with but also on linkedin too we're both pretty active on linkedin so if you have any questions don't hesitate to reach out but otherwise thank you all for joining us on another episode of women unfiltered until next time remember to be true to yourselves your authentic selves every damn day Thank you for tuning into the Women Unfiltered podcast. Follow us on Instagram at women.unfiltered and stay up to date with new episodes and show notes at womenunfiltered.wtf. Don't forget to like, subscribe, review, and share this podcast with a friend. As always, our views and opinions expressed are our own and solely for informational and entertainment purposes and do not express those of our employers.